0: Welcome to episode 130 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, we're talking about the difference between weight and fat. And you may be like, who cares? Like, it's just words, what's the difference? Let me tell you, if you get those two things confused, you might find yourself unnecessarily discouraged, distraught, you might even give up when you're trying to lose weight if you're interpreting those two things as the same So we're going to talk about the scale, we're going to talk about weight, and we're going to talk about fat. Let's go. Hello, hello, my friend. How are you doing? New month is here. It is February. If you started the year with a bang, with a lot of motivation to make some changes, um, to improve your health and fitness, and four weeks in, you're like, it's February, and you're like, not feeling it anymore. You're not feeling that motivation. The dailiness is hard and it's weighing on you. I want you to know that it's one hundred percent normal. You are finding yourself in what we call the boring middle. It's where the action takes place. It's where the work is done. It's where the magic happens. And I know it's really hard, but that's literally what it's supposed to feel like. Keep going. All right, keep going. On to today's topic. So last week I opened up Facebook and I kind of vomited a little bit in my mouth, just a little bit, when I saw a certain post. It was a post by an old friend of mine. I've known her since I was like six. I adore her. We do not see eye to eye when it comes to health and fitness. I know that's shocking in this day and age. Two humans who disagree and they're still friends. Probably helps that she lives across the country. We don't have tons of in-depth conversations currently She's a salesperson for one of the diet systems that I just absolutely despise. Um, One of these multi-level marketing schemes that is notorious for underfeeding people so much so that they actually advertise like, hey, don't exercise for the first few weeks. It's under like 900 calories a day. And they market their diet promising no exercise needed as though that's like somehow an amazing thing that we're not going to be exercising our bodies. I hate that. I hate that part of it. And they make wild claims like you'll see um, social media things like lose 25 pounds by Halloween and Halloween is like three weeks away. <laughs> Just complete, complete nonsense. I really dislike the product and almost everyone I know who has used it has gained all of their weight back and then some. Not this particular friend. I will say she lost a ton of weight. Um, and she sells it, in, and I think that's a part of why she keeps it off. I think that's one of those um, motivators that can be really powerful if your you know, livelihood depends on you keeping your weight off. Anyway, she sells this multi-level marketing product, and in one of her posts, she shared, and like, oh my gosh, it really, it makes me, <laughs> it just makes me so annoyed. She shared that she'd taken a break from her program over the holidays, and then she'd gotten back on four days before this post, and she'd lost five pounds already. I've lost five pounds in four days, isn't that amazing? Okay, what is wrong with that statement? I've lost five pounds in four days. A lot is wrong with it, frankly. And the biggest being a fundamental lack of understanding of how the scale works and what it measures for starters which can lead to unnecessary upset and even giving up when the scale doesn't move as you predicted because you don't understand how it actually works, when in reality there's literally nothing wrong, it's just how the scale works. Once you know how to use the scale, it can be a fantastic tool to help guide you as you lose weight, but it does take a bit of learning and practice to get there. If you are up for that, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Okay. Let's start here. What does a scale weigh? Specifically, when you step on a scale and it gives you a number, what is that number representing? Okay. Pause for just a second before I continue and get your answer in your head. Okay. A little bit of jeopardy there. Do you have an answer? When you get on a scale and it gives you a number, what does that number represent? That number represents the weight of everything that is on that scale at that point in time. So if you had pocketfuls of pennies, it would be weighing you in the pennies, right? I'm sure that's not what you ever do, but it would be. When you weigh your body on a scale, it is not just measuring your fat. It's measuring your muscle and your bone and your organs. It's measuring the water that's in your body for all sorts of reasons and the food that's in your body and the poop that's in your body. And some of those things change, and by a substantial amount, daily, specifically water and stomach content. If you've ever weighed yourself at the beginning of the day, and then again at the end of the day, which by the way is not a practice I am condoning, I'm not saying I think you should, but I think we've all done that at some point in our lives, like what do you notice? It's up, right? It's up by usually a couple of pounds. For me, it was always up three or four pounds. Because you you have more food. Like if you just ate, there's literally food in your body. You have undigested food in your body. Like imagine the last meal you just ate. Imagine I just ate my Jello yogurt bowl I shared uh, on Instagram earlier today. So it's got this pile of yogurt. It's got Jello. It's got pretzels. It's got whipped cream. It's got strawberries. Imagine me taking that meal I just ate, and now picture your meal and putting it on a scale. Actually, I literally did put this on a scale because I weigh out my food. I'm in a fat loss phase. So I weighed it out. How many grams of of, uh, yogurt? How many grams of the whipped cream? How many, all the different grams. It has weight. When you put that in your mouth, it doesn't just disappear. Like the weight doesn't disappear. It's still there. So the amount of food in your stomach can change the weight on your scale, right? The amount of water in your body can make a massive difference in the number on the scale. And it fluctuates due to all kinds of factors, including how much salt you ate and how many carbs you ate. Have you ever known someone who's done a low-carb diet? Maybe you yourself have cut out carbs. And when they start their diet and they cut the carbs in the very beginning, they have this initial quick burst of weight loss. You know why that is? Because of the way carbohydrate mo- molecules work they bring along with them three-ish grams of water for every one gram of carbs. So if you increase or decrease significantly the amount of carbs you eat, you will increase or decrease the amount of water in your body. And water has weight. Imagine if you had like an entire pitcher of water, like a big gardening pail of water, like that would weigh a lot on the scale. Have you guys ever gone hiking and carried one of those like camelbacks? That feels really heavy when you have all that water on there. Okay, so if you're significantly increasing or decreasing the amount of water in your body, the scale will move even though your body fat hasn't changed. So remember, body fat is just that, it's the fat on your body, but your weight is fat, muscle, hair, organs, bone, water, stomach content, bowel movements you haven't made yet. And it's super important to note Unless you're an athlete in a weight class sport like wrestling or martial arts or powerlifting, you are interested in losing fat, not in manipulating the scale by manipulating the water in your body by increasing or decreasing carbs and increasing and decreasing salt uh, and trying to sweat out the water. My son was a high school varsity wrestler for four years. He wrestled the 106 weight class. Yes, he was a small kiddo, but He actually weighed in the mid to low teens. He didn't weigh 106, but every week and sometimes twice a week, he would have to make weight if he wanted to wrestle. And this was very important to him. It was very important to the team. And so he would have to make weight. He would lose six, seven, eight, nine pounds once or twice a week. No, the ethics and safety of that is for another topic. I frankly hated it. It made me really nervous. It made me nervous. The not eating and the purposeful dehydration, the running up and down the school stairs, like stacked in sweatsuits and trash bags. I hated it. But guess what? He lost weight that way. And the second he would make weight, like, okay, you're at 106 or you're under 106. You you can wrestle. He would eat and drink. And when he would weigh again, that scale was right back up. It was right back up he hadn't lost fat he had lost weight specifically he'd lost water weight stomach content those kinds of things stop letting the scale jerk you around when it fluctuates it will always fluctuate even when you reach your end goal and you're at maintenance it will still fluctuate Nobody gets to maintenance and then is that exact weight permanently. It's not like, okay, I get to 150 pounds and now every day of my life, it's 150, 150, 150, 150, 150. No, it's 150 and then it's 150.2 and then it's 149.8 and then it's 153 and then it's 151 and then it's 149.7. It goes all over the place depending on these various factors. Like I said, salt and water and stomach content all of these things. Now, how do you stop getting jerked around by the scale? Some people might say like, "Well, that's easy. That's really easy. You just stop using it. You get out a big old sledgehammer and you bust that sucker to pieces. And to be honest, that is certainly one option. I actually know someone who did that. For some people, weighing is not appropriate. Specifically, if someone has a history of disordered eating, I would not suggest that they weigh. If that's not you though, I actually prefer the opposite approach. Instead of weighing less or not at all, I actually prefer daily weigh-ins. When done properly, these can actually be a tool to help you finally get over that scale obsession and that scale messing with your head. I want to tell you five things that can help you to use the scale in a proper way to help you get over that scale obsession. These are five of my best practices for daily weigh-ins. Number one is you're going to standardize your weigh-ins as much as possible. Do them first thing in the morning before eating or drinking anything and after going to the bathroom. That's number one, standardize your weigh-ins. Number two is chart your daily weigh-ins on an app like Weight Gurus, where it will build you a trend line, because that's what we're looking for is the overall trend line. So find an app that's going to chart your daily weigh-ins. Like I said, I like Weight Gurus. I'm not, they don't know who I am. I'm not sponsored by them. It's a free app. I like it. Weight Gurus. Number three, practice moderating your reaction to the scale. So don't let the lows get you too excited or the highs get you too low remind yourself it is just a data point. Every single day is just a data point. Do not allow yourself to make decisions on what you do or do not do that day based on that data point. That includes things like adding in exercise, if the data point was higher than you would have liked it to be, or taking out food or changing what your food was going to be if that data point is higher than you wanted it to be. It includes not wearing a particular outfit or wearing a particular outfit. So wearing a baggy sweatshirt instead of um, a certain top that is a little more um, slim fitting. If that number is higher, that data point is higher than you want it to be. It means not allowing the scale to dictate your mood. It's not a good day because the scale is down and it's not a bad day because the scale is up. Choosing to push back against those thoughts that pop into your head that say those things as they arise is important. You can say like, ah, my brain is telling me it's a good day because the scale is down. That is not a true thought. Like that's not true. My day is not any better or worse because the scale is down. And that is just a single data point and vice versa. You will get better at this as you practice. Okay, best practice number four. Though you will weigh daily, you will only compare month to month. I'm going to say that again. You're going to weigh daily and get daily data points, but you're only going to compare these data points month to month. You're not comparing today's weight to your weight four days ago, today's weight to tomorrow's weight, even today's weight to last week's weight. You're comparing the overall weight from this week to your overall weight from a month ago or a month into the future when that eventually comes. That way, you can see the overall trend instead of being jerked around by those daily fluctuations. Now, how do you best compare those? As I said, I like plotting the daily weigh-ins on that app, Weight Gurus, because then it shows you your trend line. You're looking for that trend line to be down on average about two to eight pounds per month in a fat loss phase, that low end is way more realistic for a lot of people. It averages out to about half a pound a week, somewhere half a pound to a pound per week for most people. That higher end, that um, two pounds per week, it's gonna get you eight pounds in a month, that is more realistic if you have a lot, a lot of weight to lose, and you're being fairly aggressive, with your deficit and being really consistent with that aggressive deficit. In addition to using an app to track the trend line, you can average the daily weigh-ins of week one of a month, and then you average the weekly weigh-ins of week four of the month, and then subtract. Okay, so use your old school math here. Take week one, put in each of the daily weights into a calculator, add them up and divide by seven. That gives you your average weight for that week. See how it balances out the high days and the low days? It's going to give you your average. You do that again four weeks later, and then you can compare those and looking for that downward trend. And then number five, the last of the best practices I want to touch on is not just using scale weight to measure your progress. It is just one piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire puzzle. So let's add in, besides the daily weigh-ins, taking monthly or twice monthly circumference measurements, taking side-by-side progress pictures, and noticing the change in the fit of your clothes. I like doing that last one with something that has a hard waistband, like jeans, a skirt, anything that doesn't have a stretchy waistband. And so they use all of those to get the total picture. Now let's circle back to the story I began this episode with. My friend proclaiming she lost five pounds in four days. If you lost five pounds of fat in four days, how soon would you be at your goal? How soon would you be there if you lost five pounds every four days? I'd be there in like a week or so. (laughs) Does that sound realistic? No, it sounds crazy, right? It's not realistic. When we allow ourselves to get super excited with scale fluctuations down like that, it gives the scale power to make us equally emotional when it goes up five pounds. In just a few days you see what i mean if you're super excited and emotional and overjoyed and posting about like oh my gosh five pounds lost in four days what's going to happen if four days later or six days later the scale is up five pounds you're going to be equally emotional in a different sort of way and let me tell you the scale can easily spike five pounds overnight you don't even need days it happens all the time and it's not due to fat gain You didn't gain five pounds or three pounds or seven pounds of fat overnight. Let's take back the power the scale has over you by understanding what it measures and moderating your reaction to it. And then using the data as a scientist would to correctly interpret what is happening. When I shared about this whole idea on my Instagram stories the other day, Someone said, well, like, why can't we just like weigh once a week and practice moderating our emotions then? And you could if you wanted to. I'll tell you why I don't think it works so well. And that is because of those daily fluctuations. You just don't get as complete of a picture when you only have four data points, which is what you'd get if you weighed in once per week. Reminds me of my old Weight Watchers days. I'd weigh in every Saturday. Now, this idea makes me think of the board game Battleship. It's what popped into my head earlier today when I was thinking about this podcast. I love that game Battleship. Do you, do you like that game? Do you remember that game? There are two people you sit across from each other and you have um, a little fake ocean and you have, I think it's five ships and you have little pegs and you have a grid and you call it out for your opponent and you're trying to hit their ships and they're trying to hit yours. Specifically, you're trying to sink each other's battleship and the battleship i believe is four pegs long so four coordinates long and it's a really big grid it's like letters i think it's a through z and then numbers one through who knows what a one through like 25 or 35 or 55 whatever it is so you call out these coordinates like a6 or c17 and can you imagine if you were playing that game of battleship right and you had to declare where you thought your opponent's battleship was after only calling out four sets of coordinates, just four. So you call out A1 and C17 and um, M4 and G12. g, g uh, 12. And now you have to tell them where the battleship was. Are you likely to be as successful as if you played the entire game and you got to call out dozens and dozens of sets of coordinates? Of course not, right? Because you have a better picture of what that looks like, even though you can't see it. You just can't tell as much from four data points with the scale as you can from 28 data points, which is what you'll have if you weigh every day for four weeks. You'll have 28 data points. Just like with Battleship, you'll have a more complete picture of what is actually happening. All right, my friend, have a beautiful day. Do not let the scale get to you you are in charge. You are in charge of your body. You are in charge of your life. You are in charge of your mood, not the little glass box that spends its day next to your toilet. Love you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational, If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here.